Man, does that not make you proud to be an American? I mean, that is whew, good stuff right there. A lot of lives have been laid down so that we have the freedom to gather and to worship the way that we do. And I pray that we never take that for granted. And so if you're joining us online, we're glad you're here today. If you made it here today in the room, man, welcome to Journey Church. We're glad you're here. If it's your first time, we're glad you're here. But we're in a series called Making Change. And we're about three weeks into it, and it's really been good, and it's been challenging for me personally. I feel like Laurie and I are living this out, this whole message series. We're living this out right now as we are transitioning and moving into an apartment and all that stuff. But, you know, it's, it's been good for us, and so it's a, it's a good opportunity to drive home the truths that I'm teaching. I'm, ha- I'm going, you know, God, I get it, I get it, I get it. And so one of the things we talked about last week is uh, we talked about how stress is bad. Everybody agree with that, stress is bad? Stress is bad. It can make it rough on you. And uh, stress is just bad physically, emotionally, relationally, in every possible way. And so we talked about three prayers to pray. And it was one that we, was, we said, you know, God, give me self-control. God, give me self-control. I don't know if you guys prayed those prayers this week. But the challenge was just to pray those every day. God, give me self-control because we need self-control. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, we're, we're out of control. Our spending's out of control. Our, our thoughts are out of control. When we say, God, give me self-control, the other one's, God, give me understanding. Help me to understand where, you know, my heart really is whenever it comes to stuff. And so we, you know, we, we pray that prayer. God, give me understanding. Give me understanding about how finances work and how I can be a good steward, how I can line it with your word and with your teaching. And then the last one was, God, give me a plan. And we did that last week. We gave you guys uh, some, there's some cards that are in your seats today that you can fill out. And you might want some financial coaching. You might need some resources. Or you might want to be a part of the Financial Peace University class that we're going to be starting up in just a couple of weeks. And so we gave you some of that. So there is a plan. And, uh, and so those three prayers, hopefully you're praying those. But here's the thing, don't quit from last week. Don't say, you know what, I prayed them. I'm good. No, no, no. Keep praying. God, give me focus. God, give me, give me, give me understanding, give me control, and God, give me a plan to stick with. And I believe that, number one, that you guys can make the change that you're wanting to make, and you can begin to live the life that you really feel like you know, is what you want to live, rather than living with all the stress. And so today, we're going to kind of move through uh, the rest of them. We're going to kind of, these are the four things we've been talking about. Uh, we, we've unpa- been unpacking these, and the first one was less is more, which I think is, is really good. Because we all have that mentality, we've been programmed to think, you know, that more is better, and it's not always better, so a lot of times it's more stressful. And so that's what we talked about last week, stress is bad, stress is tough, it's tough on us physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, in every possible way. So why would we stress ourselves out, why would we put ourselves in that situation? It's because we're trying to keep up with everybody else, we're trying to follow the pattern of this world rather than God's Word. And then today, we're going to talk about giving is good, and giving is good. And giving is, is really, it's a God thing. You know, God is a giving God. He is a loving God that gives and gives and gives. He gave His one and only Son so that we might have eternal life. He is a giving God. And the next week we'll unpack that when tomorrow matters. And so this is a statement we started with. We've been programmed to believe that more is better. And it's because we're inundated with commercial after commercial after commercial that, hey, you need this. You, you know, you need to have this product or whatever. And also it's the American dream to have more. To have a certain size house, have a certain kind of car, or to have 2.5 kids, whatever it might be. But we get programmed into thinking that's, that is success. That is whenever you have arrived, is whenever you get to a certain point. Whenever you make a certain amount of money, or you have a retirement, or you have a certain kind of house, or maybe an extra house, or whatever. And so we have been programmed most of our lives to believe that is the target. And that's not what God's Word says. That's just what everybody hears and that's what is preached 
by people who have patterned themselves after this world more so than God. So this, this uh, passage I love, it says, Better one handful with tranquility than, ten, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And we know that, man, there's often times that we're, we are stressed out because we're chasing after the wind. We want more. We want to accomplish more so that maybe somebody will acknowledge that we have arrived, that we've made it. Maybe we're trying to impress our dad. Maybe we're trying to impress our family. Maybe we're trying to impress our friends. But we work really hard trying to do all the stuff and gather all this stuff to one day give it away. Or one day someone will take it away. And so I love this passage, tranquility. Better with one handful with tranquility. Better to have enough and to have peace. Rather than have all the stuff and be burdened down with stress. And so I love that. So today we're going to talk about giving is good. Giving is good. Giving is, uh, like I said, we look back at God gave first. You know, he gave his one and only son so that anyone who would put their faith in him might have eternal life. And so God gave his one and only son to go to the cross for your sins and for my sins, for my transgressions, for my mistakes, for my, my sin, for your sin. So God literally gave his son Jesus. I can't imagine giving my son, you know, to anybody for anything. But God, God gave his son. Then Jesus gave his life. He laid down his life. He wasn't forced to go to the cross. He laid down his life. He gave his life for you and for me. He gives us eternal life. Whenever we put our faith in him, we receive him by faith. He gives us eternal life. It's a gift. We can't earn it. We can't earn it by being better or, or being you know more godly. We re- receive it by faith. And so God is a giving God. So giving is good. It's a, it's a good reflection of who God is. So this passage here uh, is out of Acts 20, verse 35. And Acts is the actions of the early church or the early apostles and, um, and the disciples and what they were doing. So the church is exploding. And, uh, and so in, in this passage here, Paul is pointing out something that Jesus taught and that Jesus said. And so he's talking to the elders, if you will, there in, in Ephesus. And he's talking to them, the Ephesian elders. And he's preparing them because he's about to head to Jerusalem and he's not coming back. And so he, he's reminding them of the teachings of Christ. And so he says this. He said, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Anybody ever heard that before? Raise your hand if you've heard that. It's more blessed to give than to receive. All right, so we've heard that. We just don't always, what, believe that. Or we don't always apply that. Like a lot of times we'll talk about, man, that's a good scripture. It's a good verse. But the real blessing is whenever you apply that text, you apply that truth. And, and so we may hear that. But it's kind of like in one ear and out the other. We hear it, we just don't apply it. We, uh, we hear it, we just don't embrace it. We hear it, we just don't internalize it. And so we hear that. So Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So if Jesus is saying that, number one, we know that is what? That's truth. So Paul is saying, remember what Jesus said. He said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So we know that's truth. Because Jesus is truth. He is the word become flesh who has dwelt among us. So Jesus has lived this out. He knows that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And he's modeled it. He's taught it. And so we as followers of Christ should be saying, you know what? That's what I want to line up with. That needs to be my mentality. More blessed to give than to receive. But we don't always have that mentality. So let's kind of look at this. So Paul is meeting with the Ephesian elders. I want to read the whole passage and uh, so that you kind of understand where it's coming from. So he goes, he says, and now I entrust to you, entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And he's, he's entrusting the church. He's handing off the church, if you will, 
to these elders, these leaders in, in this, this city. He says, I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. Now, how many of us could say that? Not many, right? So Paul is saying, I've never coveted someone else's clothes or gold or, or, or all that they have. He's never coveted that. I mean, he's literally saying, hey, listen, guys, I, that's never been an issue. Here's a guy who was literally about the kingdom. Now, he didn't start out that way. We know that Paul, who used to be Saul, his, his name was changed. His life was changed because he had an encounter with Christ. And Jesus changed his heart. And when he changed his heart, he changed his whole life. So he was trying to literally put down this teaching called the way. And he was trying to do everything he could to stop the teaching about Jesus. And so when he has an encounter with Jesus... Jesus says, Paul, why do you persecute me? And so he has this encounter and it changes his life forever. It changes his heart. But look again what he says. I've never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. So here's a man who is second only to Jesus when it comes to missions and missionaries. Who would often say, hey, follow my pattern. Follow, do what I do. Now, not many of us can often say that. But I'm just telling you, mom and dad, that is our responsibility that we say, hey, kids, do what we do. Don't just do what I say, but do what I do. Because that's what they're going to do anyway, right? So mom and dad, let me just say this. Just like Paul is saying, hey, listen, if we model certain things, if we live that out, our kids will pick that up. They don't always do what we say. They do what we do. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, change my heart so that I do what I ought to do. And Paul is saying, man, I haven't coveted anyone's stuff. You know that these hands of mine have worked hard or worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who, who were with me. And so what he's saying, hey, listen, guys, I've worked hard. And work is a positive thing. Don't, don't misunderstand what this world often tries to tell us. If we look back in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis. You know, work was not a curse. The ground was cursed. But, there, but work is not a curse. Work is actually a good thing. We are to sweat. And, you know, and we are to literally work. And so the thing is, is we are to work as unto God, not unto man. And so right now, I know it's a lot of people, you know, that doesn't want to work because the government's pumping out money or whatever. But I'm just telling you, we have a responsibility as believers and as far as Christ to do all that we can to work and to work well, to be a good workman and to make sure that we earn our paycheck, that we work well for that. And that we are working not as unto some man who writes a paycheck, but we work as unto God so that we are the best that we can be at whatever we have been given the opportunity to do. And so here Paul is saying, hey, man, I've worked hard. And I've even worked to pr provide for other people. That's what we're to be doing. Working hard to be a blessing to others. Look at this. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. See, we often have this mentality, well, if I work hard, I'll have more. And that's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, hey, listen, the, the more that we work, the more that we bless. The more that we work, the more that we gain, the more that we can give. The more that we, more that we work and the more that we work hard... We're working so that we can be a blessing to others and we can literally glorify God by what we're doing. So that's what Paul is saying. But we have this mentality that, you know, hey, I'm working hard for me. I'm working hard for our family so that we've got more stuff, more of whatever. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. There it is. And so he's hearing, you know, he's saying this and the elders of this church are hearing this. And, and so they're going to be a church that is literally going to be a giving church. He says, when he, had, when he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. They all cried as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. They were sad most of all because he had said that they would never see him again. And then they escorted him down to the ship. So here's the thing. He, he's leaving. And he's, he's saying, hey, this is, this is probably going to be the last time I'll see you guys. 
And so what, what I think is important about that is he's headed to Jerusalem. But here's what I would say. For many of us, there will be a day that we will be laying on our deathbed. And I think in those last few minutes, those last few moments, maybe even those last few hours, the things that are the most important are the things we're going to talk about. It's not going to be stuff. It's going to be about the kingdom of God. It's going to be about a relationship with God. And it's going to be about relationships with people. And so here, Apostle Paul is about to leave. And he knows that he is marching towards what he says is going to be prison, suffering, and eventually death. So he's moving towards that knowing, you know what, I'm, go- I'm going about this because the kingdom of God has got to be preached. The gospel has got to be shared. And so what he is saying is what matters most to him as he's leaving these people. Wouldn't you all agree with that? So when we get to the end of our life, we're not saying, hey, listen, bring me my stuff so I can hold it. We want to see faces and we want to see people and we want to be able to speak life over them and hopefully talk to them about our relationship with God. And so that's what Paul has done. So here's the thing. If we know it's more blessed to give than to receive, then why don't we, why don't we give more? Why, why don't we spend the majority of our time, it seems like, trying to gain things for ourselves rather than give if we know that Jesus said that? If we claim to be followers of Christ, we claim to be you know, believers, that we believe what Jesus said, then why do we not work harder at giving rather than getting? And, and so here's a couple of reasons I think that happens. Number one, we've been programmed to believe that the more I get, the better. We've been programmed that way. And so we think, well, you know, if I give, do I get more back? It's even that mentality can kind of kick in. And if God wants to bless you in some way, but it's not, I don't give $10 so I can get $100. I give because, number one, I want to be obedient. I want to honor God. I want to give to someone to be a blessing. And so we've been programmed to believe that the more I get, the better. So we think it's not really about giving. It's about getting because that's what the world has kind of taught us. and We've embraced it. And then we think about what I can get out of it. We always think about what's in this for me. It's like if, you know, if we want to go out to eat or something like that. There's oftentimes I'll say, hey, well, listen, where do y'all want to eat? But in the back of my mind, I know where I want to go. Do y'all do that? I know where I want to go. And I, I'm thinking, you know, and I'll say, you know, I'll say, hey, where do y'all want to go? And they'll go, hey, well, let's go to this place. And if I don't want to go, I'll say, you know, it's always the line's always long, you know. And man, it wasn't good the last time we were there. Y'all ever do that? That's because I'm selfish, right? And there are times I do that. I'm trying to manipulate the situation for my benefit because we have this mentality right here. The more I get, the better, right? What I want. It's what I want. And some of y'all are laughing because y'all do the same thing. That's the reason y'all laugh at that. Because y'all know that y'all do the same thing. You know, and so we have been programmed. So therefore we don't give. So really what the first thought ought to be, hey, if Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, then we ought, our first thought ought to be to give, not to receive. But most of us in here always think, hey, what am I getting out of this? If I do this, what do I get? If I, if I give, what do I get in return? If I go to, you know, some show or whatever, are they giving anything away free? You know, we're always about on the receiving end. And then here's another one. We've seen this message of giving abused. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up back during the televangelist days, you know, and I can remember watching guys on TV and they would, you know, be praying and they would tell you to send your money in. And, you know, I can remember thinking, you know, man, if you sent $10 in, no big deal. But, man, if you get 10 million people to send in $10, those guys are, are bringing it in. You know what I'm saying? And so... Then there was there was uh, investigations that found out that they were cheating and they were doing all kinds of corrupt stuff. And so a lot of people were like, you know what, I'm never giving because those people abused it. But the thing is, the Bible teaches us there will be people that will come along with false teachings and they will literally try to gather their own followings. Even this passage that we just got through reading, 
You know what Paul is telling the elders? He, he tell, if you go back and read all of that chapter, what he's telling, hey, listen, there's going to be guys, and some even from among you, that will try to gather your own following. You'll bring division to the church. And we know that, you know, that happens. And so we, we've seen the message of giving abuse on TV. We've seen it in churches where maybe a pastor or somebody in leadership did something corrupt or wrong. And so what we do is we write off every one of them and every ministry. And I'm just telling you that's wrong. What we have to do is we have to say, God, give me someone I can trust. Give me someone that can, that is teaching the truth of your word and someone that has the kingdom of God in front of them. And so we've got to be willing to do that. We know that there's a prosperity teaching out there that's real popular. And a lot of people love that because they think, hey, you know, it's what I get out of it. But Jesus said, hey, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So Jesus, the Son of God, did not have a wealthy lifestyle. Didn't even have a place to lay his head at night. You know, and here's Paul who was a, had a prison ministry you know, and traveled all over the world sharing the gospel. But, man, he, he, did, he worked for what he got. And then we want to buy into this new teaching that's out there that, hey, listen, if you give, you get. If you give, you get. And it's all about getting and not about giving. And so we've got to get our mind around. So we understand there's false teaching out there. The Bible co- covers it clearly. And then here's the last. We have a selfish, stingy heart that needs to be changed by Jesus. Plain and simple. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but, man, I, I have to battle that selfish heart on a regular basis. And every day, you know, we talk about that prayer. God, give me self-control. I need to pray that all throughout the day. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I have a godly wife. I have an incredible godly wife, uh, Laurie. And uh, just to show you how godly she is, you know, there's a passage. It's, uh, it's 2 Peter 3, 8 that says, you know, an hour, uh, an hour is like a day and a day is like an hour to God. So for Laurie, you know, at times a minute is like an hour and an hour is like a minute when it comes to shopping. Do you all understand that? So used to early in our marriage... We would go places, you know, and we were actually up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Lori wanted to go shopping. And Lori, she used to like shopping a whole lot more than she does now. And so anyway, she wanted to go into this place, and it was always, hey, I'm just going to run in here for a minute. Any guys relate to that? Any guys? Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to run in here for a minute. And me and I'd have the three boys, and they would be like, no, don't make, hey, can we do that later or whatever, you know? And she's like, I'm only going to be in here a minute. You know, and we're out there in the vehicle watching, and we've already done all the games that we can do and the math problems we can do and sing, you know, whatever. We've done all that stuff. And they're going like, Daddy, when is she coming out? I, like, I don't know. You know, but, you know, she says she's only going to be in there a minute, you know, so it's done. And so I can see her in there shopping around, and I want to blow the horn so bad, but that does not work. And, uh, and so anyway, so we're sitting out there. And finally, I see Lord making her way to the checkout. And like I said, what was probably just going to be a minute, probably turned into an hour. And it's been a long time, and the boys are about to have it come apart. And I see this, this guy walking down the street, this homeless-looking guy. And I'm thinking, if she'll hurry up, maybe he'll, you know, maybe we'll get out of here before he gets to us. Because he's hitting everybody up for money. And, uh, and so I'm like, you know, come on, Laurie, come on, Laurie. I'm sitting in the car. Finally, she gets there about the same time he does. You know, and I'm like, great. So she gets in the car, and... And anyway, the guy goes, hey, listen, man, he goes, have you got any money that I could, you could loan me or just give to me or whatever? He said, uh, I'm trying to get enough money to get into uh, a, a place to stay the night. He goes, I need $20. And I didn't have any cash on me. I said, nope. I said, I don't have any, dude. I said, I'm sorry. I said, and by the time my son in the back seat goes, daddy, you can give him my birthday money. I'm like, oh, what, what are you saying that for, you know? And, uh, and I'm looking at Lori, and Lori and I make an eye contact. And the money was given to him by his grandparents to bless somebody with. And, and I'm going, you're, you're right. And so I said, Lord, have you got, you know, you know, have you got hunters, $20 he got to bless somebody with? 
And so I give it to this guy and I say, hey, listen, dude, here's, here's $20 to go get somewhere to stay tonight. But if you buy any alcohol with it, I'm choking you to death. I didn't say that. I thought it. I, I thought it. I didn't say it. But I said, here, I said, here's $20. I said, this was given to my son as a birthday gift to bless somebody with. So I hope it's a blessing to you. And I got to, you know, just encourage the guy. And, and as we're driving off. I'm going, why, Mike, why is your heart so dead hard? You know, and the thing is, a lot of y'all could probably relate to how I was thinking. But I should have been thinking the way that my son was thinking. Hey, let's bless somebody. Let's give. That money was given to me to give to somebody. You know what? I don't know if you realize this, but the money that you've been given has been given to you to be a blessing to somebody. And so here I am having to battle that stingy old heart, you know, and I'm there to be praying. Laurie and I were literally up there in, on Lookout Mountain praying about the next step that God was taking us on. And so I'm learning this lesson from my child who says, Daddy, I've got that money that was given to be a blessing to someone. And so I'm just telling you, we've got to have that mentality rather than the stingy old heart that we have to where we're trying to keep everything and say, you know what, God, help me to hold on to it loosely and help me to be a, a channel of blessing. Help me to be a, a vessel that you would use to, to bless someone, to encourage someone and to hopefully help them take the next step towards you. And so what I'm saying is I have to work at that on a daily basis. And I don't know about you, but maybe you've been out on the street and you see a guy that looks like he might be homeless and you cross over to the other side so you don't have to bump into him or you see him on the side of the road and you begin to question certain things you might not get that like i said i grew up that way but god wants us to say hey listen how do we help those people find freedom how do we help them you know get to the next next step you know in their in their relationship with god and so we have to do something about this heart i'm just telling you you've got to let god change your heart there's no getting around it look at this passage here it says give freely and become more wealthy be stingy and lose everything the generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Let me tell you, it's refreshing when we get to be a blessing to somebody. And maybe you've never experienced that because you are that stingy, greedy person. And you've never blessed someone because when you do want to give it away, you're wanting something more. But it's something about refreshing someone, about blessing someone, that you get refreshed. The crazy thing about God is whenever I give and I, I do something for someone else or I sacrifice, God meets my needs. Whether they be financial or emotional or relational or whatever. But whenever I'm willing to give and have a giving spirit, God blesses my needs. He meets my needs. And so look at it again. Give freely and become more wealthy. All right, so you go, all right, wealthy. That must mean more money and more stuff. Could be. Could be just blessings. It could be just, you know, the feeling of being able to refresh someone, to encourage someone, to bless someone. Be stingy. And lose everything. You're holding on to the wrong things. So how do I grow in generosity? We all need to grow in generosity. We all need to say, God, I want to be generous. And how do I grow in generosity? Because I believe that God gives some people the gift of giving. There are some that literally have the gift of giving that they, they, they get things, they hold on to it kind of loosely, and they bless others with it. And, and so they, God says, you know what, man, you're faithful with that. I'm going to give you more. And so they have this gift of giving. And they they are literally... Man, filled with joy because they get to give things away rather than getting filled with joy or happiness. Happiness doesn't last. Joy is something that lasts forever, it seems like. But hey, about me getting stuff, it's about me giving stuff. And so I believe that God gives some people that ability to make a lot of money and a lot of wealth so that they can be a channel of blessing to others. And so God gives them more and more and we wonder why are they blessed with so much because men they hold on to it loosely it's not the god in their life god is the god in their life this is just a tool that he uses through them to bless people and so how do i grow in generosity no one we trust god with a tithe 
We trust God with the tithe. And I know a lot of you probably go, oh, I knew he's going to go to the tithe. You know, I invited somebody today and, dang, you know, Pastor Mike's talking about money, you know, whatever. And I, I, I know how that is. I, I can remember inviting people to church sometimes and it just seemed like the pastor would talk about money on that day. And I'd be like, ooh, you're a little bit more sensitive that day. I always joke, you know, people talk, you know, they get, they act funny when you talk about money, you know. And, you know, it's just, it kind of messes them up. But the tithe, that's not ours. So if you're worried about your money, don't worry about your money. This is God's. So we're talking about the tithe. The tithe belongs to God. It's not mine. And so it's, it's not even my money. It's his. And so what we do is we, we kind of get a little weird when we talk about money, but we've got to say, God, this is your stuff. This is your portion. This is what belongs to you. So we've got to trust God with the tithe. If you want to be generous, you start there. And you begin to put your trust in God, not in self, not in your ability to make money or to make resources or to make things, but you put your trust in God. So you trust God with the tithe. Look at here. It says one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain uh, from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. In other words, the first 10% is not mine anyway. It's not yours. And if we do anything with it other than give it to the Lord, we've, we've stolen. We're thieves. And so we say, God, that is your portion. And so, God, I set it apart as holy as what Scripture says. And so, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that towards the kingdom of God. God, that is for you to use however you want to use it for your kingdom. God, I trust you. I'm trusting you with what is yours. God, thank you for trusting me with this other 90%. And so a lot of people would say, you know, well, well how much is a tithe? It's 10% of whatever you make. It's 10% of whatever you make. So look at what it says here in Malachi. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's, that's a, a reference that re- refers to the church. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. In other words, he says, man, I'll throw open the windows of, heavens, uh, of heaven with blessings you can't even count up. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And so here what God is saying, hey, listen, if you will trust me in this area... He says, man, I'll throw open the floodgates of heaven and bless you in more ways than you can even imagine. And that's not always financial blessings. Sometimes it's peace knowing that you've done things according to God's plan and you're in right standing with God. And sometimes it's maybe the fact that your kids see you as a mom and a dad living by faith and that you trust God. You know, it's not giving, you know, that 10% is not when you get to the end of your paycheck and, or you get to the end of writing bills and doing everything you go, well, you know, now I've got a little bit left over, so I'm going to give this. No, no, I believe it should be the first fruits. It's the first fruits that you, it's the first check that you write. It's the first thing that you do. Not, hey, let me see if I can work God in somewhere down the line if everything else works out. But we say, God, I want to put you first in my life. And, and so I think whenever we tithe, and like, if, you, if you're one, hey, what is a tithe? What is, you know, if you make $100, then 10% of it's God's. You set it aside. 90% you live on. 90% you live on. You, and God says, hey, you do whatever you want to do with that that other 90%. But here's the thing. Trusting God with the tithe teaches us some things, I believe. And I believe it takes us down the road to generosity. So it teaches us, some, I think, some important principles. Number one, to prioritize your life around God. Whenever you tithe, you're saying, God, you're first. You're giving him the first portion, the first part. And you're saying, God, I'm returning your, your tithe. It's not mine to give, God. I'm returning it. I don't want to be a thief. I don't want to steal from you. I want you to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. God, thank you for the 90% that you've blessed me with. And I think most of us, if we were to look around, we would realize, you know what? We are blessed. We're blessed people. That, that whole video that, you know, we're thanking those who gave their life that we have the freedoms that we have today. We have a lot of abundance here in America. 
I mean, many of you guys, you know, got here in, in, a, in a vehicle. You drove here in a car. Many of you, two or three cars. You got here in two or three cars because your family couldn't get loaded up at the same time. You had food in your pantry. You got change in your, your ashtray or on your dresser or whatever. You got plenty. You know, you got money in an account. You got clothes that you don't even have room for in your closets. You got more shoes than you know what to do with. And so you've been blessed. And so too often what happens is we don't live with that mentality of, man, I have abundance. But we live with a mentality of want. We're always wanting more. We're always wanting to get something else or to maybe scratch that itch. But to prioritize your life around God and say, God, you are first. I trust you above everything else. I trust you over my math. You know, and I'll just tell you, there's a God math when it comes to tithing. I don't even know how to explain it to you other than if you trust him, I promise you, he will bless it. And he, he does things that you can't even get your mind around. You know, uh, our math, we sit down, we go, you know, hey, Mike, you're talking about trying to pay off debt and, not, and live a stress-free life where there's not debt in our life. We can live debt-free, but you're saying to give 10% to God. That doesn't make sense math-wise. I'm telling you, I understand that, and I know that. But I'm telling you this, that God will return it. He will bless it. He will use it. And it will be an opportunity for you to teach your kids that you trust God and you live by faith. You don't just talk about it. You live it out. And so it teaches you to prioritize your life around God. Here's another thing. It gives you that abundance mindset over a want mindset. In other words, you begin to realize all that you've been blessed with. And instead of wanting more, you go, God, you have blessed me with so much. I just want to say thank you. And God, I want you to show me how I can be a blessing to others. And so instead of wanting more, we start asking God to show us how we can be a blessing to others, how we can give. How we can bless others. How we can meet a need in someone's life. And so here's the last one. It builds your faith in God's faithfulness. I, I think it's important for us to, to realize you know, that we have to grow in our faith in what God can do. God doesn't have to grow at all, right? He doesn't have to grow in, at all. His faithfulness is, is complete. It's secure. I mean, He has proven it over and over and over. But we have to grow in our confidence in Him and our faith in what God can do. And so I think whenever we begin to tithe and we say, and maybe you need to sit down as a, a family today and say, you know what, God, we haven't been tithing. It's time for us to start tithing. God, we, we want to trust you in that area. We want to be generous, but I'm just telling you, you've got to start somewhere. And I think that's the first place to start. Start with that first 10%. God, I'm returning it back to you. It's yours, not mine. I'm trusting you. And then as you see God's faithfulness and he proves himself over and over, you begin to walk with a deeper faith. And you begin to trust him more and more. Look at this. The collection for Christians in Jerusalem. I love this passage here. And this is a church that has taken up a collection for another church. And so Paul, the same guy, Paul is writing to them. And he is telling them about how to give the right kind of heart. Because God looks on your heart. You know, you, I don't want you to give because you feel, all right, I feel pressured because Pastor Mike is saying this. I want you to listen to what Scripture says. You don't give because you're pressured into it. You give because your heart's been changed. And you've been transformed and you believe in the God of this universe. And so remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seed will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. That's a no-brainer, right? I mean, it's obvious. You put a few seeds in, you're going to get a little bit. You put a lot of seeds out, you get a lot of crop. I mean, so the same thing. So we're sowing seeds whenever we do this. He says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So let me just kind of speak to that. You know, you might be thinking, you know, well, Mike's pressuring me to give. I'm not pressuring anybody to give. I'm telling you what will help you. I'm telling you what has helped me. I'm sharing. I'm a beggar who has found food telling you where the food's at. 
So I'm just telling you, so we're not trying to pressure anybody into giving. I'm just telling you that God wants to set you free from the stress that is bad. And he wants you to experience generosity so that you are living by faith. And you're a, you're a model for your children of what it li- means to live by faith and to give generously. And to hold on to things loosely that you can't hold on to anyway. And so this is what scripture is saying. That's what Paul is saying. Hey, listen, guys, let your heart be changed. God loves a cheerful giver. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. It's about meeting our needs, not our wants. And here what Paul is saying, hey, listen, you'll have all that you need and more left over to share with others, to be a blessing to others. So it's not about getting more. It's about God meeting your needs and you becoming that channel of blessing. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Do you like to be remembered for someone who was generous, who gave and believed in the things of God? Wouldn't you, as a grandparent, know, love to know that your grandkids will one day talk about how generous you were to the kingdom of God, how generous you were, and how much you believed in blessing others as a grandparent, as a parent, you know, that we're passing that on. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase, provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. See, God is creating that generosity in us. He's changing us. He's creating this generosity inside of us. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. I love that passage. It enriches us in every way whenever we give. So you wonder, all right, why is Mike teaching on giving? Because, men, I want you to be enriched in every way. Paul wants you to be enriched in every way. God wants you to be enriched in every way. So two things, two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Don't you love that? They will joyfully express their thanks to God. I want to share a video with you in just a second. And I'm going to kind of give you a little little heads up on it. It was, it was shot this past week. It's in just outside of Kisoro, Uganda. And uh, Laurie and I had an opportunity to go and teach there at a pastor's conference years ago. And so we have a connection there with Uganda and with Call to Africa and with uh, Africa for Jesus. Two ministries that we as a church support and we give money to them. And so they, it has opened back up in Africa and the pandemic has hit them hard. And so there's a group that they're trying to reach that is an unreached people group. And what that means, it doesn't mean that they have not ever seen people from outside, but they do not have the gospel. There's not even a Bible in their language. And so Ken and Andre are leading this march to reach this people group with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Check this video out. Shot with a cell phone. Check this out. So the day started off in the town uh, called Kisoro where we woke up, we had breakfast, nice cup of coffee and then we went off to, um, to find food for the Batwa people. Um, you bring the gospel to people who are hungry. You can hear them rejoicing and singing behind me. So we went out, we bought the food, uh, found bargains, packed it all in a bus, drove as far as we could and then we needed to get it all carried up. Um, we have a pastor working in the area. He um, sent word through. Young children came running up, told the Batwa that we're here. They came running down. A man, 78 years old, came running to help carry the food. And then we carried all that food back up here. 
We got to hand it out. We got to share the gospel. And now we're off to the next Batwa village. Um, thank you to everybody who's praying for us, who's supporting us. I, this is just for me, the epitome of, of, of what we do. It's, it's just of, of sharing the gospel, of, of being a blessing to others. God has blessed us in so many ways so that we can be a blessing to other people. And thanks for those who are involved, man. Amen. Well, you guys are involved in that. You clap it up, you give it up, man. I mean, that's good stuff. The gospel is being shared with a people group that don't even have the Bible in their language. And so Ken and Andre are over there. That was shot this week. They're up there handing out food. And, and you saw the rejoicing whenever a need was met because you guys gave. And so, you know, we, we were able to send money to be able to buy the food for them to be able to be a blessing to those people. And so those people are giving thanks. And here's the thing. We get to share, you know, Jesus with them. We get to share the gospel with them. And so we have to have this mentality. We know what to do. We have to plan our generosity. So we have a thing called the Big Give. Every year we do the Big Give offering, which is above and beyond the tithe. The tithe is God's, right? So we want to be generous as a church. So we challenge our people to give. This year we took, we gave $100,000 to the Big Give, which is an incredible amount of money that allows us to support other ministries, to support other, uh, other ministries, church plants, missionaries all over the world, and do things just like you just saw right there. And so we get to give to those things above and beyond. Now, let me just say this. We as a church have a debt. We have a mortgage we have to pay every week. And it would be really to say, we're going to take that $100,000 and we'll just apply it to our debt. But that's not what we do because we believe that God blesses generosity. And we want to model generosity for our people, right? So we give and we keep working at paying off that debt. And we want to be debt free. That's our goal. We'd love to be that way. But the thing is, is we want to be generous, and we want to give. And so we have to have a plan for generosity. So we give above and beyond the tithe. I'll just tell you this. If every church person in this church would tithe, we would pay off our debt this year. If everybody in here would tithe, I promise you we'd pay off our debt this year. But we're not going to compromise and say, you know what, we're not going to be generous. We're going to give. We're going to give above and beyond. And so plan your generosity. Look at this here. It says, but generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firmly in their generosity. They don't, they don't budge on that. Say, well, you know, it's a tough year. Hey, it's COVID-19, you know, it's COVID year, you know, and there's a lot going on. We're not going to give. No, we're going to give and we're going to bless and we're going to invest in ministries and we're going to do everything we can to share the gospel. And so there may be times in your life where you go, you know what? Hey, man, it's a tight month. We didn't make as much, but you know what? I'm still giving the tithe. I'm still returning the tithe. I'm going to stand firm in that. And, and so people who are generous do that. They plan. They put together a budget. This is God's. This is ours. We're going to use it to bless people with. And I'm just telling you, you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. Not just you think, hey, well, I'm going to give and God's going to give me something. No, God has already given His Son. God gave everything. He gave His Son so that you might have eternal life. God gave, gave you breath today to breathe. He, put, he gave you all, so, all kinds of things today. You just can't outgive Him. And so whenever we get to give, we're, we're, we're like God. We're, we're a representation of Him. We plan so diligently to give. So why don't we plan to give, which is more blessed? Why don't we do that? It goes back to the things we talked about earlier. We work so hard trying to get more and to get more stuff. And we work hard, diligently to get a retirement or to get a house or to get a car or whatever. Why not work and plan just the same to give? And so maybe you and your family, you sit there and say, Hey, listen, who can we be a blessing to this week? Who can we give to this week? Who, can, who do we know that has a need that we can even give it anonymously and we can bless them? And so we plan to get. And then so here's another one. Start being generous now. 
start being generous now. Let me just let me share something with you that happened. We had a family in the church that had a car that was it was kind of towards the end, and uh, they they gave it to the church, and so um, so they gave it to the church, and we did a little fixing up on it. A few things that needed to be done on it, it needed some attention, and, and so we've been kind of working on it a little bit. And I got a text this past week. I got emotional reading this text in the the first service, so hopefully I'll I'll be all right. But uh, one of the ministries that we support knew that we had this car that had been given to the church that we had fixed up, and we were going to bless somebody with it. It says, we have a student named Justin um, who was homeless. Excuse me. On Ann Street, he was addicted to drugs. He says he went through our program. He graduated. He's got safe housing. He's working two jobs. Some people won't work one. He's working two. He's working two jobs. Everywhere he goes, he has to ride a bicycle. One of those, he gets off at 11 p.m. at night. He said, would you guys be open to maybe giving him that car? I texted back and said, consider him blessed with a new car. New to him car. And I'm just telling you, that is what we give. There's something special about being able to bless somebody who's in need, who's working hard to get on the right path, to kind of get cleaned up, maybe realize, you know what, man, God does have a plan and a purpose for my life. And so we have to plan to give. So that's why we do the big give. And then someone gave that car because they said, you know what, we just want to bless somebody. We want a family to use this car. So we as a church, you guys, get to invest in fixing a few things on it and then blessing this young man who's taking the right steps. Come on. Isn't that good? I mean, I hope that feels good to you guys as a church. I mean, if you're watching online, you go, man, I'm a part of that. You are a part of that. And so when we do that, we, here's the thing. We've got to start now. If you haven't been generous and you don't know what that feels like, I'm telling you, there's something special about blessing someone and giving to someone. Like I said, I, I mean, I, couldn't, I can't read that text without getting emotional. So start being generous now. Look at this. And, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. It's not from, hey, I'm doing this to get something. It's my faith in God. As you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. And so maybe you say, God, I want to be generous. I want my kids to grow up seeing that I am generous, that I am giving. And the only way that we can do that is not talk about it, but do it. And so we choose to be generous. Look at this passage. It says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. And so this is a ministry. Giving is a ministry. So here's the two things. I love this. One, needs are met. We met the needs of some people in the mountains of Uganda, Africa. And they, their physical needs were met. The gospel was shared. That's the real need. And then here's the second thing. God is glorified. Needs are met. God is glorified. Needs are met. God is glorified when we give. And so it changes us when we give. God begins to work that generosity and we see, you know what? It's way more blessed to give than to receive. And so here's some next steps for us today walking out of here. And I think it's important for us to do this. Ask God to change your heart because he's the only one that really can. Ask God. Say, God, change my heart. I have a stingy, greedy heart. God, change my heart. God, show me what I can give away. Show me things to give away. God, show me someone to be a, that I can be a blessing in their life. God, show me how you will bless the tithe. God, give me the courage and the, and the faith to trust you. 
God, change my heart. I don't trust you right now. God, I want to, but God, I need your help. God, change my heart. And then here's the next one is take that step. Trust God with a tithe. Trust Him. Say, God, you know what? I'm going to tithe. I'm going to trust you. I believe that you'll deliver. I believe that you'll come through. God, I'm trusting you. So begin that. That's the first step. Plan your generosity. Put together a budget and say, you know what? The first part is God's. I'm returning that to Him. And then, God, there's a, I'm going to have some left over that I can be a blessing to someone else. And you start asking God, show me who I can give to, how I can bless someone. Show me how to have a plan for that generosity. And then the last one there is start being generous now, today. Don't say, you know what? One day, when I make more money, I'm going to be generous. Because you'll never get there if that's your mentality. See, it doesn't matter if you make 100000 or if you make $100. If your heart is right, you'll give when you make 100 and you'll give when you make 100000 But if you're waiting for the, to hit a certain socioeconomic level, you'll never have that generous mentality. It, it's the change of the heart. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just say, God, you know, show me what I need to do. Some of you in here, you already know what you need to do. God's already revealed that as we've been moving through this service. Some of you online, God has been revealing some things to you and showing you some things you need to do. So I want to encourage you to have the faith to trust Him today. There may be some of you in here that you've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. You've never received Jesus You've never asked Him to come into your life. You've never been saved. And that is the greatest gift that God could ever give you is His Son, Jesus. The greatest gift that Jesus could give you is eternal life by you putting your faith in what He did on the cross and through the power of the resurrection. And so maybe for you today, it's say, Jesus, I give you my life. I trust you with everything that's in me. And so that's the most important step for somebody here today or maybe somebody watching online we say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life. I'm asking you to change me forever. Change my heart. If you just prayed that prayer, man, we want to know. Let us know. Just and That prayer is this. Say, Jesus, I, I want to confess to you I'm a sinner. I need you in my life. I want to repent. I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. And so with all the faith that I have, Jesus, I'm coming to you, broken over my sin, turning from it, trusting you, come into my life. If you just prayed that prayer, we want to know. If you're here in the room, man, let us know so that we can be praying for you. Fill out a card. Let us know. If you're watching online, text my decision and let us know. But I believe there's some people in this room that are believers. Man, you haven't been living according to what Jesus said. You've been living according to what the world says. And maybe today you say, God, I want you to break my heart over the condition of how I see finances. God, break my heart. Change my heart. And God, give me the faith to trust you. In, in the financial area, just like I trust you for salvation. God, change my heart. Father, thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you that you are making change. Right now, here in this room, right now, online. God, you're making change in us. And God, you're going to make a change in other people's lives because of our generosity. God, I pray that we as a church would hold on to things loosely. We would give freely. God, we would trust you completely. So God, use us as your vessels. Use us as individuals and as the church corporately to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.